Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Joaquin Nuno Whalen, who is Vehicle Chief Engineer for Small Cars for Chevrolet. Today we will discuss Joaquin's job and the Sonic. Joaquin serves as the Vehicle Line Director for the 2012 Chevrolet Sonic, described as the only subcompact car made in America. He and his team have strived to create a faster, safer, and more connected vehicle with an improved powertrain and increased horsepower for consumers who crave power behind their small, fuel-efficient rides. In 1997, Joaquin joined General Motors and later embarked upon a two-year assignment in Mexico City. During that time, Joaquin led a chassis engineering team in Toluca and developed the alternative en- the Alternative Energy Strategy for GM de Mexico as a Special Vehicle Program Manager. While there, he also launched the country's first robotics team, which later won the Rookie All-Star Achievement, the highest for a first-year team. Upon returning to the United States, Joaquin founded Green Place Detroit, a nonprofit dedicated to providing middle and high school students the opportunity to make a lasting impact on their community through its urban garden and eco-house projects in southwest Detroit. A graduate of the University of Detroit Mercy, Joaquin majored in mechanical engineering. He lives in Royal Oak, Michigan with his wife Tanya and their two kids, Isabella and Lander. Joaquin, welcome. Thank you very much. Okay, Joaquin, so I'm going to confess to very little knowledge when it comes to car making. Okay. Um, what? Go ahead. What we, what we do here in Detroit, um, I, I know this is a, a uh, business podcast, but uh, the business of the auto industry is, uh, is pretty huge. We have, if you think about it this way, from the time somebody draws a sketch on a piece of paper of a car that they want to create in the future to the time an assembly plant is building that specific car at a rate of 50 an hour, so literally 50 cars an hour are coming off the end of the assembly line, the amount of impact to the economy globally is trillions of dollars. And um, from the time I was a little kid... Growing up in New Mexico, the auto industry um, was something that I was always interested in because my parents are from Michigan. My mom's family was born in Mexico. My mom was born in Mexico but moved to Detroit when she was three years old. And my dad's family is from Midland, Michigan. Um, so I've always had a tie to the Detroit area, but I always liked cars. But when I came to college at the University of Detroit and started learning about how big it really is, it took me literally years to understand the entire impact of what goes on. So from the time somebody draws a sketch and three or four years later, cars are cranking out of an assembly plant, there are literally thousands of suppliers and thousands of people, if not hundreds of thousands of people involved in just that one car. Then you think about all of the cars on the road today. It's a pretty gigantic uh industry and um, something I'm very proud to be a part of, especially here in Detroit. It sounds like it's something that you're very passionate about. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big deal, especially with what we went through the last few years, um, both as a, as a country and, and as an industry and how much impact we have on that industry. And we take it very seriously that we were given a second chance at General Motors and, and uh, this car kind of embodies a lot of that. 
The Chevy Sonic is a is classified as a B segment vehicle or a small car. And if you think of your um, segments when you go to the airport to rent a car, the Sonic is smaller than a compact. So a compact car would be the Chevy Cruze. The Sonic is one class smaller, or the B segment, which is called small car. The, typically, um, well, in the past, we have not done a good job of making small cars. We've made good compact cars. We've done uh, partnerships with other uh, joint ventures to bring small cars to the U.S., but this is the first time we threw everything at building a small car right for Chevrolet. The car is all new from the ground up and is a global car that we developed with teams in Germany, Korea, the U.S., uh, design work in Australia. There's, there's a, a tremendous global team behind bringing this car together. And my role was, I was in, I'm in charge of, of making it happen for the U.S., Mexico, and Canada market and making sure that the small car is done right for our market here and launching plants in Michigan, uh, Mexico, in Ramos Arispe, and San Luis Potosi, uh, launching a car for Latin America there. So it's a, it's a pretty big uh, assignment, but I'm very proud that we're doing small cars right at this time in the economy, at this time in where fuel prices are and what's important to people, but that we're doing it right. So this is a car I'd be proud to put um, my family in, as I am every week as we drive around. And also I look very, very much forward to the day here um, as we crank through the launch and and we're ready to do it and start selling cars. I will be um, delivering one to my mom because I'm proud of... uh, proud of it that way that I get to show up and surprise her and, and give her a new car. So it's it's that important, and I uh, I'm, I feel very lucky to be a part of it. Wow, that sounds very exciting that you're going to share the results of your efforts and your work with your mom and something so tangible and a part of your life as, as, as your car project. Tell us a little bit, Joaquin, if you would, about... What makes a subcompact? I know you said it's smaller than a compact, and it's a big deal that this is the only subcompact subcompact made in America right now in 2011. What is it that makes the car a subcompact? Is it the size? Is it the weight? Is what? What? What is it? Yes, it's the it's the size. So it's a combination of the overall um, width, length, and height of the car, and the wheelbase of the car, and also um, the EPA has a classification that has to do with interior volume as well. So our car is um, is positioned on um, the the larger end of the subcompact segment. We thought that was important for um, for the car and also for the U.S. market. Um, so the challenge comes in, how do you do the car right? Because that's typically a segment that is very price sensitive. We also did not want to do an econo box or somebody, something that somebody had to get into because that's all they could afford and then they didn't, they didn't appreciate the car or enjoy the experience. We wanted to make a great small car period and then do that right and then price it appropriately so that it's not the cheapest and it's not the, the car that people consider a penalty box when they get into, but it's really going to be a car that people are excited to go out and get, and then when they see the price and they see everything they get, they're excited about it. And So what we did was 
we said we're not going to do a a cheap, low model, low price, base price kind of thing. We have all of the content there where we have this really fun to drive car. So we added a lot to the chassis, a lot to the suspension. And then we, we held the fundamentals strong and we said every car, no matter where it is in the model lineup, from the cheapest one to the most expensive, will have all of the content. So the cheapest car and the most expensive Sonic you get all have standard 10 airbags. They all have... Uh, all of the expertise we threw at the chassis from guys that work on Corvettes and Cadillacs, they tuned this car to make it the most fun-to-drive car in a segment. And then we have all of the infotainment stuff, so you can Bluetooth your phone so that you're streaming audio, streaming phone calls, um, you can connect your iPod, and then you can control it all off of the steering wheel and with voice commands, so you don't give up anything by being in a small car. So it's really a different philosophy from what some of the automakers do. We just wanted to do this great car, and by the way, it's small, and you're going to have a blast driving it, and it's really safe. I feel 100% confident putting anybody in it, and the price is uh, is still where it needs to be. We start at 14500 and uh, don't go above uh, 20000 in if you put every single piece of equipment on the car. So it's a, it's a great place to be in the market right now, I think. Joaquin, when we talk about the it being a subcompact and but not being so small that you're kind of squeezing in there, how many people will fit in the Sonic? Um, it's a it's a five passenger car, so we have five five seating locations, all with uh, seat belts and everything. And then um, to give you some perspective, I'm six one, and uh, I'm one of the smallest guys on our team. We have. Our lead development engineer is 6'3", our quality guy is 6'4", um, and we have a lot of big guys on the program, uh, whether they're doing some of the testing or their uh, program leadership, but we spend hundreds of hours in the cars together driving cross-country, and we all fit very well. There is a, a very surprising amount of room in the car where a person, I've had a guy who was 6'10", sit in, and because he can put the seat so far back and tilt and telescope the wheel. So when I say that, I mean the steering wheel um, goes up and down, but also fore and aft, so that when a person who's very tall needs to sit far back, they can pull the wheel back to them. All of that is standard in all of the models. That makes it so it's really comfortable for tall people, but then even in the back seat, there's a surprising room where I have two kids that are five and two. They're in car seats. We load up uh, weekends worth of stuff and go on a lot of road trips around Michigan in the summer, and uh, I use it as part of the testing of the car. But we we all fit comfortably and have fun. And um, my son, who's two, gets really excited when I come when I pull up in one of the brighter colors. Like it, I have an orange one that I pull up at home in, and he he uh, runs out out of the house and says, uh, "Poppy, you brought your race car." He calls it Poppy's race car. So they're there's a lot of uh, a lot of room to do all the kind of family stuff that you need to in the car. For our listeners who are not familiar with the word "poppy," it means dad, right? Right. My uh, my daughter started calling me that when we lived in Mexico, and it just kind of stuck. So both my kids call me Poppy. Who's your target audience for the Sonic? You're talking about uh, height, and you're talking about speed, but at the same time, fuel efficiency. Are you targeting a family audience, or are you targeting young consumers who are buying their first car? Yeah, the the key market is um, is somebody going to buy their first real new car. So the the target would be 
Um, for example, a student who goes through high school and college with maybe a hand-me-down car that either they purchased, used, or, or was a hand-me-down from, from their parents, and it might be a, an older model uh, car that's kind of beat up, like, say, an old Honda Civic or something, and it's, it's gone through through the what they needed to do for school, but now that they've they've graduated high school or college and it's time to get a car that they're they're ready to spend their money on and kind of make a statement that this is my first new car. That really is the key audience. And to do that, we have to have a lot of stuff right. So it can't be, um, it can't be ugly. This is a great looking car. We have some, some styling that really catches you and is based off of being aggressive and sporty. So it kind of has a stance and looks like a little gymnast ready to go. But it also has some aggressive cues where we don't have covers on the headlights. We've got these dual circular headlights that don't have covers and mean-looking taillights that um, are inspired by sport bikes. So it's kind of meant to be a, a motorcycle on four wheels. So that's got to deliver. Uh, it, without great design, you can't get people to even consider the car, and we've got that. Then we do good things with the wheels. We've got some nice-styled wheels, and we only offer alloy wheels. That means we don't have cheap steel wheels with plastic hubcaps and that helps a lot from an appearance point of view but it also that gives us 2 dB a better sound performance <clears throat> on coarse road noise which means uh, that's kind of the technical term but that means the car is going to be quieter because we didn't cheap out on the wheels it also gives us four times more stiffness when we're tuning the suspension so when you do dynamic driving maneuvers it's all fundamentally right so that the car, if you need to swerve out of the way of a car or you want to have fun driving on curvy roads, it's all fundamentally done right on the car. So that fun-to-drive experience has to be there for the young market. And then safety is very important, not only for the person buying the car, but with 10 airbags and um, we have we have full confidence in our safety ratings. We have to wait for NHTSA to buy cars and, and test them. But we feel very confident about our safety performance to be five-star, five-star, and IIHS top safety pick. That's very important for the person buying the car, but also if parents are buying this car for their their children, um, that's a huge deal for us. And then the connectivity that I talked about, it has to be ready to do everything that you have with your iPod and your I, your iPhone and your BlackBerry and and that that all has to integrate seamlessly. And we also do this on on the car. But one of the things we're, we're also trying to do here is this generation hasn't really experienced driving manual transmission cars unless they're very much uh, enthusiast kind of drivers. So we're also going to go after teaching this new generation how to drive manual transmissions again because it is a big deal. It's a big deal for fuel economy. You get better fuel economy. But I also have this uh, this thought that the... Um, the, the more you're connected to the driving experience and the way you have to be when you're shifting, the safer you are. Um, when I lived in Mexico City, that's one of the craziest places to drive in the world, but it's a different environment because it's kind of con controlled chaos, and everybody's all in, and they're very aggressive, but they're also very focused and, and engaged in the experience. It's almost less safe in the U.S. sometimes when people are so disconnected. So I think the manual transmission driving experience will get um, some young people excited again about driving. And we've done a lot with interns this past summer at, at uh, GM where I would take them out and teach them how to drive manual transmissions. And it's, uh, it's, it's like an experience again. It's not, just a, it's not just a boring experience to drive a car. It's now fun again, and they're, they're getting uh, 
a lot of uh, enthusiasm back into driving. So that we're going to do some stuff with that too, and that's that's important. So that's the youth market. But then what kind of comes with that is there are people at all ages buying their first new car, and whether it's a young family that has one or two kids that um, still needs the room for the car seats but wants something that's small and fuel efficient and, and does everything they need, you can still do that with this car. And then empty nesters who may not need the, the large vehicle anymore because their children are out of the house, this is a, a fast, fun way to, to still enjoy driving and maybe go back to driving a manual transmission like they had in a previous car and, and get everything they need from the safety and the fuel economy perspective. So targeting the, the young, first-time buyers, but um, there's going to be a lot of uh, the other segments that come with it. You mentioned something about a, somebody testing the car for safety. At, at it, was that an acronym? Uh, yes. Uh, the the one we can talk about now is the um, IIHS, which I believe is International Institute or Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, and uh, they they're a um, uh, third party um, testing service that does a lot of stuff for industry and and the insurance industry and they have a regimented way of testing cars and they they give safety ratings their highest rating for any car no matter what size is a top safety pick Um, we recently went through that testing with IIHS and um, are announcing that we have a top safety pick and and it's uh if you look at the margins and the technical detail behind it it's a pretty solid top safety pick with some nice margins for the um, the energy values that the car manages. So I'm very proud of the safety performance <clears throat> Excuse me, of this car. It is very uh, well designed from a structure point of view, the standard 10 airbags and all of the integration of that together so that all of the energy is managed in a crash, even though it's a B-segment size car, it's safer than... Um, any any of the cars and its class and cars bigger that cost much more with uh, with that safety technology. So for that price point with all of that standard safety, um, that's something I'm I'm very proud of from uh, uh, society and and uh, what I was taught to do as an engineer um, and and what's important to me as you know a, a father with with kids. And it's so safe that you're giving one to your mother. Right and. Uh, uh, She's not the greatest driver in the world, so I, I'm, I, I feel good about giving her one, too. So that's, that's important as well. Is the Sonic being introduced into the market for the first time in 2011? Is this the first edition of the car, if you will, this year? Yes. Um, our previous car, our previous small car, um, was called the Chevy Aveo, um, which is a, a decent small car, but this is all new from the ground up. So this is the first time ever, uh, brand new car, brand new name, um, and the it's the model year is the 2012 Chevy Sonic, um, and it's just now um, arriving at dealerships. And in October, um, we'll have kind of a, a good amount of cars at a lot of dealerships around the country, and that kind of kicks off our our launch. Um, but the the assembly plant here outside of Detroit has been working hard to crank cars out so that we can distribute them throughout the country. And if you think about, we're trying to get to the coasts first and then fill in the middle so that everybody has cars around the country as we launch here in October. That's a, that's a big feat, and we're, we're actually ahead of schedule right now to do that. How many cars 
does a launch of a new car mean? How many actual cars will you produce for the launch? Um, well, we we uh, we will run production. Full production means um, forty jobs an hour uh, at an assembly plant that's running almost uh, twenty four hours a day. So, the end of uh, acceleration is kind of where the, the plant is running at full steam. And we'll have, we have a target to get to 5,000 vehicles and during that acceleration very quickly, um, before the dealers even say go. So it's in the, it's in the thousands, um, more like 5,000, but that number grows very fast at that rate every, every month. Are there any Sonics out there other than the orange one that you get to drive? Oh yeah, we've had, uh, we've had, um, a test fleet running around. So the first thing we do is we build test cars and we've actually had prototypes running around globally, um, for the past, uh, two years. And then as we're bringing the plant online, we build about 300 cars that we put on test either in very specific tests that are running like 24 hours a day through very specific tough environments at the proving grounds. And we have proving grounds in uh, Michigan, uh, China, England, and Korea. And we do a lot of testing globally with that. But then we also have a fleet we call the captured test fleet where we give cars to employees and they drive and try to put as many miles on as they can during the launch, and when we have an issue, we hit the OnStar button. We talk to uh, a captured test fleet advisor who who documents what the issue is, and then we have a SWAT team that, within 12 hours, finds that car, root causes the problem, and then recommends what to do about it. And then we get those changes made very quickly on the fly. So taking advantage of OnStar and this uh, this this uh, SWAT team philosophy of solving problems. Um, we've been able to address things to the point now where we have we have uh, some of our quality guys kind of twirling their thumbs waiting for something to happen, which is a good place to be in in the launch. So the car is very well developed from a reliability and durability perspective before one is ever sold to a customer. Is the launch restricted to the U.S.? You mentioned that you have teams, global teams, that have worked on the project and also that you're testing it internationally. Will the car be available outside the U.S. when it's launched? Yes, the, um, the car um, is, is global, so it actually launched first in Korea for the Asian market and then or it, for that market and then in China for the Chinese market. And then cars from Korea are exported to Europe. So there are cars on sale in Korea, China, and Europe now just launched. And then we're the, the fourth major launch globally for the platform. The car is still called the Aveo in Europe and Korea, um, but for the Americas, including North America, uh, Central and South America, it will be called the Sonic. And... Um, we have cars um, exported from Korea to a lot of those global markets, and then we bring on other plants in North America to support the other regions as well. So it's a gigantic global platform, and the U.S. is one major part of that volume. But um, going forward, this architecture is going to be responsible for uh, millions of cars for General Motors. Is it available in a convertible version? 
Uh, no, no convertible. We have uh, the the hatch or the five door we call it, which is um, it looks like a three door going down the road, or it looks like it only has you know two doors and a and a hatch. But the back doors, the handles kind of hidden in the in the trim in the C pillar, so it's actually a, a five door hatch. And then we have a sedan, which is essentially the same for the front half, but the back half has a, a nice big trunk, which is a, more of a typical sedan shape. Um, but they all, they both were developed the same way and have all of the same tuning and safety content that, that uh, I've discussed. What is the meaning of the name, Joaquin? Why is it called a Sonic? Because the car is all new and, and um, represents something that we're, we're doing, um, kind of the, the new GM, this new youthful approach to, to doing uh, small cars, we wanted something that popped, and that was... Um, that was the winning name where it, it, it embodies um, youthful, um, fun, some some kind of liveliness or, or even, um, you know, it, it's loud, it's a, it's a little aggressive, and that, that resonated well with the car. So, so that's, uh, that's one of the things we like about it. And, and actually one of the interesting things that's happened with the launch in Mexico is they've developed this whole campaign around the word Sonic and kind of creating a... Um, a cool uh, meaning to it, and the campaign is actually called Dennis Sonic, or do you have Sonic? Like, do you have the the buzz? Do you have the aura? Can you can do you represent the the youthfulness of what this is? And it's actually uh, gone over very well. And if you look at the uh, Chevy dot uh, MX website, you can see some pretty cool um, videos and and fun things where you can post a picture, and then there's this whole James Bond thing that. They're they're trying to track you down, and every time they look on the screen of who who this secret agent is, it's the picture you posted. So it could be a picture of yourself. So it's it's kind of got that fun uh, uh, social media youth youth kind of pop culture thing behind it in Mexico, and it's 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 resonating well. Talk about improved powertrain and increased horsepower. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so to do to do these things to do small cars to do them profitably and build them in the U.S. we leverage our our global footprint. So we have the same engines in this car as the Chevy Cruze does, which is uh, slightly bigger. So we have a 1.8 liter naturally aspirated engine and a 1.4 liter turbo. Um, they both get about 140 horsepower, but the turbo gets about 145 foot pounds of torque with a nice flat torque curve. So the B segment um, typically was a segment where you'd get in a car and you could get on the freeway and you'd be a little worried that you would make it up a ramp or be able to get out of the way of a 18-wheeler coming behind you. That's not the case with this car. We we made sure that um, it had plenty of power to do what you needed to do. So our car is the fastest and the most powerful in the segment. Um, those numbers don't seem huge to a uh a full-size truck driver where we may have 300, 400 horsepower, but it's all about power to weight. And with this size and that power, especially the turbo, um, it's plenty fast. So our zero to 60 times are eight seconds flat, which means off the line, if you go from a stop and, and gun it, you'll you'll feel it, especially the turbo. It'll be a fun kind of throw you back a little bit in your seat. And then when you need to do things like pass cars on the freeway or get out of a situation, you can accelerate quickly and do that, and you never feel any lack of confidence. A big deal for us with this car is is 
it's small, but we want people to feel very confident behind the wheel. So when we tuned the car dynamically, we made it very agile and quick, and we made it so that you can shoot off the line fast. But it's not in a way that makes you feel nervous or skittish. It's in a way that, that inspires confidence. And then you're like, wow, I feel really good doing that. The car feels solid, feels planted, feels bigger than it is. And I just did that, and, man, that was fun. I'm going to do that again, and I'm going to do it a little faster. But you don't feel unsafe. You feel this uh, this good sense of, of confidence in, in its ride and handling. And from everything from the tires and how much work went into literally hundreds and hundreds of iterations of getting the tire compound and treads right to the shocks and the chassis tuning all of it has to come together and integrate well into a package that that when you drive it you're like now that's a nice driving vehicle and it's hard to break that down technically but that's what we do here and and i think we're the best in the world at it Tell us about the fuel efficiency. Now we've got this car that's zippy and sporty, that's really designed for a young audience and has all the infotainment and entertainment capabilities. What about the fuel efficiency? Yeah, so our 1.8 automatic will get 2535, and when I say that, that's the EPA estimated city and highway. So those are the stickers you see on the window at the dealership. So the 1.8 automatic will get 2535. The 1.8 manual transmission will get uh, 2536. The 1.4 turbo automatic will get 2737, and the 1.4 turbo manual will get 2940. So 40 miles per gallon is a is a class. The best cars in the segment get that. Um, we're right there with them at 40 miles per gallon, and we do it with the turbo. You don't have to put premium fuel in the car. We do this with regular fuel. So some of our European competitors require premium fuel to do that. We don't. So right there, there's a significant savings at the pump. But we do it in a way that the turbo that gets the best fuel efficiency is also the one that's the fastest 0 to 60. So you don't give anything up to get that fuel economy. And that's not a special car that we've stripped out any of the safety content or stripped out any of the noise and vibration, abatement stuff. We've kept all of the content there. It's the fastest and the most fuel efficient all in the same package. So 40 miles per gallon today is a big deal. Most certainly. Joaquin, let's go back a little bit. Um, Tell us what a vehicle chief engineer does. How does that relate to the overall process of developing and manufacturing a car like the Sonic? Okay, there's, um, if you think about a car, there are basically 1,500 parts that come together to make one car. Each one of those parts had to be developed and designed and sourced to a supplier or built by us. And with each one of those processes, it, it requires a, a, a plant or some type of, a, of manufacturing place. They all have to be built to the right tolerance and the right specifications, and they all have to come together at the end and make this car that they all work at the same time and work the right way and they work whether it's negative 30 outside or 120 and whether it's now when it's brand new or 10 years down the road it all has to keep working so that is that is the difficult part of the auto industry is doing that every day at a scale of literally millions of cars a year that we build so each part has a, an engineer responsible for it 
And then there are engineers responsible for the manufacturing, so getting the plant ready and all the tools required to build the car. The chief engineer is kind of responsible for the whole thing and making sure that it happens um, to the plan that we set up on time because there's a tremendous amount of capital that's invested to do this. So we have we have goals for when we need things to be done. We have goals for when we need things validated or proven that they won't break well before we build cars at the assembly plant. So I'm in charge of the whole process from the time it's all being done in computers and um, simulation models where we're virtually crashing cars or virtually analyzing cars for noise or clearances or durability. Then we build the cars and we have a certain time frame to, to prove those out. Then we Then we build the cars that will go to customers and that's when there can't be any more issues and so we have strict deadlines for all of that. So I'm in charge of the whole thing and this is my first big program where I'm the chief engineer. I, I, I came up through the company in different areas and um, did some of the testing and development and then I owned parts on, on uh, trucks. So I, I was kind of a full-size truck guy before this. And then I, went, I, I spent some time in Mexico and did the same thing across a couple other versions. But this is the first time where I'm in charge of the whole thing and from a uh, from a uh, follow your dreams and and uh, uh, achieve your goals perspective, this is what I set out to do when I left New Mexico for college, and it feels pretty cool to be here today to talk about um, where this got to and, and uh, that we're launching the car. We're ahead of schedule. It came out even better than we expected, and, and uh, it's, it's it's very cool to be in, in this seat right now talking to you today about that. Well, so that's pretty exciting, it sounds like, Joaquin, making your way all the way through from the big truck guy that you were to now the subcompact model in the United States as a vehicle chief engineer for small cars. And somewhere in there, you have found time to establish Green Place Detroit, which is a nonprofit dedicated to... Why don't I let yeah, you the, tell us what it does? Sure. Um, Green Place Detroit is, uh, is a little um, nonprofit we started here in Detroit with some of the people I work with, um, where during bankruptcy and during some of the downtime in Detroit and the news just was so negative about Detroit all the time, we said, we've got we've to do something to fix this. And I'm tired of the the negativity let's do something positive and and um my grandmother still lives in in detroit in uh southwest detroit which is also known as mexican town and i go visit her and it would bother me that i would see empty lots or burned out buildings so we got together over lunch with some of the guys we were working with here at, at uh, gm and chevy and we would say well let's pick one thing and do it let's just pick one thing and prove it and let's Let's do it in a way where we take advantage of what we've learned before with working with kids. So instead of us just doing it, like buying a lot and building a house, we had been involved in things like FIRST Robotics, which works with kids at all age levels to teach them about science and engineering and, and really building confidence in what it takes to, to solve problems. We, my wife is also a fourth grade teacher in Detroit, and um, I would do stuff with her classes, so we, we kind of integrated all of that together and said, okay, let's teach kids how to take back their community. So we work with the students at a middle school called Cesar Chavez Middle School in Detroit, and we uh, meet with them and talk about 
here's an empty lot. What should we do? And we brought in architects and civil engineers and landscape architects and engineers from the auto industry. And the kids actually designed and developed a house made out of recycled shipping containers with the help of these professionals. The mentoring and the role model ship that goes on there with that is huge. But also they have something that if you look at our website, um, www.greenplacedetroit.com, there are photos of the designs that the kids developed and some renderings done by an architect who happens to be my brother, who, which was a big part of this, um, that the kids, the kids themselves developed, and we just kind of helped them along. Um, we're at the phase now where uh, raising the money to build the house is taking some time, but we didn't want to lose the work with the students. So this spring, we kept going with the students while we're raising money and developed an urban garden on the lot. So the kids designed the layout and, and uh, planted an urban garden. And one of the coolest things they did, especially from an engineering point of view, was we don't have any water on the lot, but they we built a fence in the back, and then they developed a rain wall that comes off of the fence, has a gutter underneath it, and the gutter funnels into two rain barrels, and then they developed a hand pump and a sprinkler system. So we water the garden using rainwater from a system that the students actually designed, and um, you can see pictures of that on our website as well. So that's been a fun part of uh, this whole experience and um, what's important to us here in bringing back Detroit, bringing back Michigan, opening a plant to build a new car that wouldn't have happened in the past, uh, working again with the schools and taking an empty lot and rebuilding it and teaching the students how to do it so that they become the community leaders and they become the ones that take it back and build it up. And that just creates this groundswell of confidence and leaders and, and uh, future engineers and architects and lawyers that, that will keep this going. So that's what it's all about. What do you see as a long-term impact of the organization in the community? Um, well, one of the one of the coolest examples is uh, we've been doing programs like this for a while, and, and a couple of the students that started in a program we ran before called the Young Engineers and Scientists Program, they started when they were in fifth grade. They've kept in touch and have since uh, been a part of this, this new Green Place Detroit thing, but they are... Uh, engineering sophomores now at U of M and Wayne State University. U of M is the University of Michigan, and they're studying engineering, but they're they're still in contact with us, and now they're volunteers with uh, Green Place Detroit. So they went to that middle school. They they were inspired by the programs we did. They're now studying engineering, and they're back teaching the students what they learned, and they're a more immediate example of a role model that. Um, has done it and is now studying engineering and helping them. And then we were able to hire them to come work at GM as interns. So I was very proud that one of the students we started with in fifth grade uh, came to work for me as an intern the past two summers, and he's well on his way to getting his engineering degree and, and continuing the work. So that's, the, that's an example of the long-term impact of this, this cycle that will perpetuate itself. What do you see as the next steps now that you things are up and running and you're seeing some of the long-term impact potential? What do you see as the next steps? Is, is your work done there? Can you pass the baton or what's next? Um, what, we want, what we want to do is, is pass the baton for each lot we do. So the neighbors of this community garden have kind of uh, taken, uh, taken in and taken over with 
watering it and maintaining it and, and um, helping keep it going. And then the community now picks vegetables from it, and we have uh, a little stand that we put vegetables on every week that the community um, helps themselves. So um, we, wanna, we want to keep handing those off to the neighbors in each area. And there are plenty of opportunities for more lots in and around the area, so we we want to keep doing that. We want to get another lot, and whether we do another garden or build one of the, the houses that the kids designed, we want to keep this going. And so proving it out with this one, passing it to a neighbor, uh, building a house and getting somebody that would be good for the community into that house like a teacher from the school, those are the, the next steps. What suggestions would you share with our listeners, Joaquin, in to taking into account your experience in now being in charge as a vehicle chief engineer for small cars in North America and leading the efforts for the Sonic, and from your experience with this project and this nonprofit, Green Place Detroit, what suggestions would you share with our listeners that they can take back and apply to their projects and to their business? Would you say maybe three suggestions that you would share with them? Sure. Um, for for me and, and everything we have going on here, it's uh, it's a tremendous amount of information and work and data that is thrown at me every day, and and I have. Uh, uh, a family, and it's very important for me to be home for dinner every night, and and um, not losing anything there. That's that is the most important thing. But uh, I feel like I'm on top of it, and I think the the biggest suggestion I can make is integrate it all together. So, um, be, and, and for me, a, a big transition was when I went on assignment to Mexico, because when you go away on assignment, you're forced to kind of cut some things off where you're from and go start new in a place and then come back. Before I went to Mexico, I had a lot of things going and it was very hard to stay on top of things because they were all separate and demanding. So I had the nonprofit stuff we were doing with the YES program. I had work. I had family stuff and it was all very separate. What I'm very proud of now is that I've integrated things together. So the same people I work with are the people that are on the board and volunteers for Green Place Detroit. And my family is involved in it. On any Saturday that we're down there, my kids are down there um, helping pick vegetables and, and push little wheelbarrows. And that that is its own kind of family reward. So integrating everything together and then um, making it all kind of work together versus trying to handle so many different balls in the air at once has been a huge um, lesson for me that that has helped me um, stay on top of things and be able to take on more. So I'm very proud that we're launching the car and the Sonic has become part of the story too where we have have days where volunteers fill up the Sonic with tools and I can fit all these uh, lawn tools and a lawn mower and buckets of, of stuff and seeds in the back of the car. And we use it as a validation test, too, that can the car handle this stuff. And we drive down to Detroit and we unload them and we, we work together. And it's the same people that we work with every day. So it builds this teamwork and builds this camaraderie. And we're do, we're, we feel good because we're doing something good. And then we, we get to see each other's families and we, we kind of bond that way, too. So it's a, integrating it all together for me is the biggest piece of advice I can give. And, and uh, then... Um, you know, socially and the, the stuff that happens outside of work in a nonprofit, 
it all just kind of flows well together too. So that has been the biggest lesson and the biggest uh, piece of advice I'd give is is figure out how to integrate things together and the things that really matter will kind of gel and, and it, it, it'll take off. The, the main suggestion, the main tip is to integrate everything that they're doing in a, in a cohesive or holistic way. Did, did I understand correctly? Yeah, I think so, and it's and it's uh, it's important where, um, like for example, with this launch, um, we've been able to to tie in this this whole thing we're doing with the the lot in Detroit and building a house out of sustainable materials is the same thing we're doing with the assembly plant. So we have a lot of eco technology and green technology that went into it, a lot of reused equipment from other plants that were shut down. And because we're able to do that and prove it out on a scale of an assembly plan in Detroit, then building a house in Detroit becomes easy. It's kind of like, well, if we can do this on a $100 million project, we can easily do it in a lot. So it's it's just combining the, the things that are important, the things that mean the most together, and uh, then everything becomes more rewarding. Thank you, Joaquin, for joining us from Detroit, Michigan. Oh, thank you, and I had a good time. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Joaquin Nuno Whalen, who is Vehicle Chief Engineer for Small Cars for Chevrolet, who discussed Joaquin's job and the new Sonic. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at hispanicmpr.com. That's editor at hispanicmpr.com.